So just like okay, I'll just do it. I'll do an introduction. It says okay on this computer. Ah, that's buffering. Hi, Bo. Oh no. <laughs> okay, it says uh, recording. Okay. And I say, got it. All right, the lady I'm talking to today is an important person in my life. In my book, first book, Born Almost Free, I write, I dedicate it to three women, Sans, Zanele, and Bianca for changing my life. This is Sans. She goes by Miss Sans nowadays. <laughs> well, last I checked, a really great person. I met her in university. One of the smartest people I've met. You know, I, I, I'm not arrogant, but I know I'm very intelligent. So every time I meet someone who's more intelligent than me, I just want to stick to them and learn from them. And she was teaching me things I never knew about energy. You know, like how sometimes someone calls and makes you angry and then you hang up and you tell the people how angry you are. But now, now you're giving that energy to those people, right? So she told me things like that, like energy. I was 21, you know, 2021. 20, I was 21. So she was 20, she knew all the stuff, she read every day, she loaned me a book that helped change my life, um, Leadership by Giuliani, you know. Um, but throughout life, um, she's just been someone I refer to, even though we didn't speak for like 10 years, at times or two years, a uh, really great person. So, but she will tell you more. Let them know who you are and how I know you. Let's start there. Welcome. Uh -huh. Thank you, Brian, for that welcoming introduction to this very important platform that you've just started. Uh, kudos to you for this. Um, as you've said, I'm Sandy Siwe Mabine, Miss um, Sands to some, uh, Sandy Siwe Vilagazi to those who know me in the past, but we out here now, new identities, new life. Um, Brian, I know you from Peter Maritzburg, um, and that seems to be the golden thread. Um, with your guests so far, uh, amazing place and space. We met at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. It was University of Natal when we enrolled. Um, and I think you were one of the first people that I met and connected with um, in the very first semester of being there, which was 2002. I was a bit older than um, our first year mates and peers due to a little bit of life experience, which I think contributes to what, what you experienced at the time. Um, at the time, you used to have your hair like more mystical, more snoop, you know, girl pound gangster for life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and I think when politics together as well, amongst other spaces, I think we ended up interacting with a few common people, um, especially the people in power, the society. Mm. that was founded during the, our time, the Poetry and Urban Activism Society. Yes. Um, that was good times, right? Oh, yeah. So Absolutely. I anticipate that you'll invite some of the people from that time, from that era. Um, yeah, and you're right. I think we bonded around music. We bonded around ourselves. I think it was just a time of finding ourselves and being socially awkward at points, being all kinds of complicated things that 20-year-olds and 21-year-olds um, experience. In fact, I was 20 when we met. Mm. And you knew oh, hip-hop like my boys. That was also like something big. You were like the first hip-hop hit. Uh -huh. You knew punchlines, uh -huh. you know, I'm like, wow. <laughs> This is my dog right here. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know what to say. Yeah, that I mean, if you ask my husband, he would 
tell you that my knowledge of hip hop is very limited. So the things that I did like, and I think at the point we had the West Coast in common. So really cool with that. But once you take it back to, you know, the 80s and late 70s, I'm like, okay, I'm a bit out of my depth here. Yeah. So yeah, I just know the cool hip hop. And I think that era, because I don't think I tap into it as much anymore. Yeah, similar, yeah. yeah. So, same with R&B, really. We just come from a particular generation. Stuck in the 90s, niggas. <laughs> That's <what> right? <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So, um, what do you do? What's your, what's your, what, what are you into these days? Besides work, you can tell me about work, and that has implications, but sometimes... You're writing, you're creating, you go clubbing, you you into this religion. Just tell me more what you want to promote. How do you feel about whatever whatever you want to push more? What are you into these days? What do you do? Sure. Um, I think, I mean, I work now. It's 20 years since we met. Mm. Uh, so a lot of things have moved forward that we were still working through at the time. What am I into? I'm still into what I was then, which is self-improvement mm-hmm. um, in different ways and how I interpret that now. I do work as a civil servant. Um, I don't want to say much about that right now because mm-hmm. this is not that kind of platform, but um, I'm in a space where we talk a lot and we're pushing the National Development Plan the country's vision for 2030. Um, So if there's a takeaway I would want to leave people with here is to kind of start talking about the idea of what does active citizenry mean. Um, I mean, I advocate for it in in an official capacity, but when I reflect now in my own personal life and sometimes in our quest for our individual pursuits, we kind of lose focus of the, the... communal interest um and i think with what was happening in the country in july Mm. we all see that there is a need for real conversations real change real compromises real real everything Mm. um i don't have the answers if i did i would be a politician running for some kind of office (laughs) uh so i think like most of everyone in the country we're just hungry for something uh, so um, I'm feeling that as well, that we're just hungry for something. And it seems that everyone thinks someone else is doing it. You know, civil society thinks government is on it. Government thinks civil society is in it. Business, you know, so yeah. I don't know. We just need something. Something needs to give in order to realize the vision that we have. For a society with reduced poverty, reduced inequality, and we're not doing so well in that respect right now. Yeah. So that's me in a personal capacity. I mean, in a professional capacity. Um, personally, I'm studying. Um, I'm now doing a PhD. Wow. Uh, my proposal was approved last year in October. So I can officially call myself a PhD candidate. So I'm a PhD candidate in African literature. Mm. And that's a more the stuff that will take me to the next phase of my life. Um, When you met me, I was at one phase and that was almost 20 years ago. I'm turning 40 next week. Um, Showing off. So excited about that. So this conversation is happening at a very reflective time for me. Yeah, 
Mm. Um, because when 20 years ago, I was coming out of the first 20 years of my life, which I look back now and I realize those were the silent 20s, you know, I'd been through things that um, I, 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 I hadn't processed or wasn't reacting the way I was supposed to, but one thing I didn't have was my voice. So with that comes, you find yourself in sticky spaces and places. And that's how I came to Peter Maritzburg. Um, I was given an ultimatum, like you are leaving Johannesburg, you are going to Peter Maritzburg, University of Natal, or you're going to <laughs> Grahamstown, which is Rhodes. And I was like, I think, give me KZN every, any day, you know? Mm. So when I arrived, it was literally my first time arriving because, I mean, you just see Maritzburg when you drive on the N3 prior to that. And this place just welcomed me. I, it was an amazing four years, you know, ended up doing my honors as well. Yeah. The people, the smells, the experiences, the, the time to myself, because most of my family is in Johannesburg or the Eastern Cape or elsewhere. So I felt unencumbered mm. because, you know, where there's home, where there's, home, there's expectations. Right. Um, you have roles that you need to play. There are people that you interact with. So I, I was given a timeout. So the least I could do was just attend to my school books and then get the rest of your time, which I'm sure is something you also say to young people now. They don't know how good they have it. Oh, like, yeah. all, you have to, all you have to do is just pass. Just pass. Uh, get the bare minimum of sleep. Get some food in your system. But you don't have the things that we're dealing with now. So what's happening now is I'm at a point where everything I was stressed and unsure about has now come together. Mm. You know, when I was 20, the things that I didn't know, what I'm, where I'm going, will I get this degree? Um, how am I going to resolve A, and A, B, and C? And coming out of that silent phase, just coming into your own. And now they say life begins at 40. So it's almost like back there again. Now I'm just like, okay, so what's my purpose? Mm. Um, what is my purpose, you know? Um, and that's where, that's what I'm trying to work out now. So what I'm promoting, I guess, is give yourself time. Um, to, I mean, I know you know this, but maybe we've got some young ladies who will watch this and there's that pressure. You're good to, by 25, you must be this. By 30, you must be this. By 35, you must be this. You know, that mm. doesn't work. Those are just, that's a sure way to get yourself into trouble. Yes. If you think that you've got a time that you are chasing. So that's pretty much where I'm at. And I think as we chat further, we'll go into details with some other things. But right now, just a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a student, and I'm a civil servant. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you, thank you. That's, that's, that's powerful. Especially because I, uh, you know, when I did this book, I wanted to, it, it was never ending. <laughs> the more I wrote, the more I'm like, okay, I've got a thousand other things I could write about. So let me find a way to wrap it up. And mm -hmm. then once I wrap it up, I start having conversations with, with mostly women I definitely thought about women then eventually I got inspired to talk with guys as well so this this is about the voices of women because I'm fighting for women in a sense but I want the woman to tell me what oh. to do their leadership and also just guidance even for women because I'm dealing with strong women like yourself 
mm. women of maybe coming to their own and women are still finding themselves but just being alive today is strong you know and saying mm. so thanks for that yeah finding self expressing self is so important especially with the history of our country you know um as a collective as just the national psyche there's so much that we've been deprived of so i think it's important and we're grateful for these opportunities and my phd kind of speaks to that expression of self as well it's looking at celebrity autobiography um, black celebrities local ones so it ties into my love of reading so i find myself engaging with pretty much all the celebrity autobiography autobiographies and biographies that have been released since 2000 for my study i could only select 16 mm. but through it I'm, I'm learning more about the importance of just getting space to tell people who you are you know um whether you're trying to work out your identity maybe i'm not who i used to be so such platforms would help me to say hey if you knew me from high school and you thought this is what i was sorry this is who i'm turning out to be yes. or some write it as pr you know um to as a way of branding yourself and i'm mentioning this because even as we're having this conversation and we know it's going into this worldwide web you 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 think about what does this mean you know is this yeah. a conversation with brian and i is this something for future daughters to look back at and say hey this is what mommy was saying at 39 you know so there are all those possibilities and this is like us putting something in a bottle and just letting it float and Absolutely. it go it will you know mm -hmm. um yeah and I've, i'm someone who who finds myself through writing and I've written through a lot. So it's new to speak. In fact, I've never done this before. It's new to speak. And you, you well, it's interesting. <laughs> I'm happy to be your first anything because you're so, you're so knowledgeable, you know, like you, you I'm, I'm surprised anything you haven't done. I just want to tap into something that I think is so inspirational about you. Because when you talk about um, South African writing, African literature, your masters was in Guaido, you know? I remember I loved that about you. You also love Guaido and, and you, you tuned into South Africa, you see, because I'm very passionate about South Africa. That's why so, I'm passionate about my own hometown, Marisburg as well, because I just I think it should be love home. So tell me about that, just briefly, if you, if you, if you don't mind. Tell them, tell Ooh, everybody. I don't mind at all. I love this oh, topic. Yes. Uh, oh, yes. So now remember my life's journey before 94 i lived in what we i lived in a homeland so in a way i only i got introduced to south africa in 1995 when i moved to johannesburg and when you are new to a space you tend to soak it you tend to take it in more than the people that have grown up in that environment Absolutely. and around that time it was like the new South Africa, Madiba is the president. Oh, These yeah. young acts are popping up. There's Studio Mix, there's Jem Ellie, hey. Homonati. Like your head is just <laughs> like, how am I? What's the one done in South Africa, you know? Yes. And you are a young teenager. So you like really tapped in into all of this. So it's always about timing and where you find yourself at a certain age and what's happening in the country. So 
all those shows we attended, man, um, YFN is being founded around the same time. There's YMAG. There was just Ooh. so much happening. And I totally absorbed it all. I was here for it. The Bumshakas, the Athas, the Mdus, the Abashantes, the, yeah, nah. I mean, Tikezi came later, Scheme. You know, it was such an exciting time to be alive. And then um, later, in around 2000, we started getting these... Um, these news reports, White was dead, White was dying. And it was so confusing for me to look back and say, but how did this thing, and I say this in my paper, how did this genre and lifestyle and, you know, sound and flex that we, we, we were part of, what do you mean dying or dead, you know? Yeah. And as one studied, okay, my, my undergrad was in media studies and political science. So you start looking at things with a discerning eye, you're like, okay, hang on. And that's what my, my study was on, on the coverage or the representation of Guaido in the mainstream media. Now, mm. now you'll remember when they came out, we didn't really have um, what we know as the tabloids today. So there's no Sunday Sun, there's no Sunday World. Mm. Uh, so in terms of the press and Sunday coverage, what you're gonna get is more Sunday Times, more City Press, um, I think New Nation. Oh, another thing about that time, Bafana Bafana was banging. Oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. you understand? So all these things tie in. And I mean, it's just that one had to choose one. I could have written about Bafana Bafana I, as I chose to write about Guaito, but things that just energized us, you know? Our, 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 confidence, our confidence was on full, you know? Sure. So I was curious. I'm like, so how is Guaito dead? And I mean, we know that then that, Durban Guaito picked up and then something else happened with that um, mm -hmm. offshoot. But I kind of suspected that its representation and coverage in the mainstream press played a role in, in how it was received by other sectors and other people that didn't feel it like we did. And I, um, if you think of hip hop, it, so it's almost like the media was, was the translator Right. So if you are a 60-year-old man living in Santon and you read the Sunday Times, you're very far from the bashers that we are attending. You don't care about Bumshaka or anything like that. Mm. So you read these papers that talk about this unruly youth that are into fashion, they are into violence. You know, it's like the coverage didn't, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't, it just didn't happen, man. It just yeah. didn't happen. We lost an opportunity there to document, to to look into what this is about. Um, feel you. you know what I mean? So if you're going to frame them as thugs, they're not going to get endorsement deals. You know, um, they're not going to get the respect that that was due to them. Yeah. You know, and yeah. another thing, especially when it happened, we're talking about youth that were probably still based or just coming out of a township. So this is not this is not a group of young people that were used to dealing with journalists either. And I mean, now you can see there's more swag. They know how to assert themselves. They know that you need me as much as I need you. But I think at the time that power balance was skewed towards the media houses where, you know, you come in there, you can't even articulate yourself in this English. So all you're going to say in the interview is what they've asked you. You know, they'll ask you, oh, where did you get this jacket? You know, so in the language, and I guess that ties into something else that we need to look into, the issue of language, the mere fact that after so many years, we are still a society that prioritizes English. 
um, it's a bit problematic uh, because then we're telling people, we're putting people in boxes. So if you don't know how to express yourself, um, you are kind of limited. So that's what the paper was pretty much looking at because I was doing it in journalism. So I had to look at the journalistic aspect but if I was looking at it from another school, then maybe I would have looked at something different. Um, I mean, we know the running jokes about the Mendozas of the world. Yeah. We know the running jokes about the soccer players, you know, who then to a happy birthday and to you too, you know? Yeah. We think it's funny, but I can imagine. And Babes Dumo says it, that she's anxious about doing interviews now because she knows she's going to trend you know, um, because mm. you'll say something that you didn't intend or it will be twisted. So there's something about language and the power dynamics. So I just wanted to look into that. And my conclusion, of course, was that the, the mainstream media, in particular, the Sunday Times, failed Guaido. Um, did they care? Maybe not, because, hey, it's just like young Black township kids, uh, which is why it's such a disappointment how the Sunday world and the Sunday sun turned out. Uh, which is like another thesis on its own that mm. these papers that mm. were for us about us um being supported by us turn around and just tear down everything and everyone you know um like yeah. lauren hill said um they hail you they nail you you know so if you've been covered by those papers watch your back because then you'll be on the front page with a stupid scandal on oh, top yeah. of that so it's, it's quite complex and i'm still very interested in that space um, yeah. there's something mm -hmm. yeah, no, no no carry on i'm just saying there's something we haven't gotten right in the coverage but it's better now with social media and the the model has changed if you don't like how you've been covered at least now there are opportunities like youtube to speak for yourself um you know the right of reply that they pretended to give you now we grant ourselves our own right of reply absolutely. so that's very interesting Aksafan. Mm. absolutely i hear you i can say it meet you a lot and i understand a lot my big thing is a dominant culture that's i think that's our big problem you know everywhere you go the dominant culture which is how everybody who's normal lives you know for lack of a better description uh, the normal, the normal society, the normal person is usually part of the majority, right? So, sure. if you look at South Africa, we speak English, we can read papers, we can get a driver's license, we can drive, you can, you can, you can buy a house and read the contract and understand it. That's dominant culture. In South Africa, to do that, you've got to be part of the minority. The dominant culture is flipped around here. So, white people are eight percent of the country. So, you know, if, even if you look at um, medicine, when you've got the flu, it's in English and Afrikaans. If you look so, at people who like maize meal, a staple diet, English and Afrikaans, you know, some things now you'll see uh, indigenous South African languages, but everything is, so, so basically the majority of the population to be part of dominant culture, to be normal, to be civilized, to be human, have got to stop being themselves. You see, mm. and that's where I feel the love for Jacob Zuma comes in because he's part of the other people mm. that aren't the dominant culture. And this dominant culture doesn't know what to do with the majority of the people. So they play dirty as well against all of us. And now we've got this anger as a society where it's like, okay, but they're mm. the minority, but they want us to be like them, but it's like, they're not giving us the tools to be like them. You know, if, 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 if mainstream South Africa would have made every, 
every country, I'm sorry, every province, every town have a, a school as good as Michael House, have its own university where the people learn how to survive, man, like just basic survival. Then maybe, but there isn't any of that. They're saying be like us, even come to Joburg, you know, because there's nothing where you stay. Sure. Go home to get buried and die. And 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 now it's like, but there's not enough space in Joburg. But everybody mm. eats, everybody reads, everybody needs to eat and read and 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 and, and live sure. and marry, but you're only taking care of a small section of the society. So that's mm. that's a real challenge, I feel. But I'm a small guy, so I just that's why I write. It's like, okay, here's my solution. Or, or, or diagnosis and I need people to sharpen it so with this woman love thing I'm saying the same thing like yo um, I feel these are the issues a woman is born and from five years old she must be responsible help cook help wash the dishes the boys are playing the boys are watching tv she must have a curfew the boys don't have curfews from age 12 or whatever the woman must be home by four by six uh, you know then the whole marriage childbirth but then she's a grandmother still raising kids mm. she's a great grandmother now still working like what, what's going on so it's it's, it's, it's it's throughout life that women are not being loved and then we get mad when women are abusive to us but they're, they're defensive now you know how we kill snakes snakes are harmless you know but when you see a snake you kill it because <laughs> they're defending themselves they're scared they're also scared <laughs> yeah well, yeah well I'm black like that, conditioned to be like snake. Nah, you know, don't tell me about a harmless brown snake. Not that I'd kill any, but yeah. yeah. Yo, I, I, what you just said is spot on. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's hectic, and I think this is precisely what I mean. I mean, first of all, there's things that we are good at, and we have in abundance. And by we, I'll say, get the the, the black population in South Africa. You can see that we are very good at dancing. We're very good in music. We're very good in, and I don't know whether we're good or it's because we learned it as a coping mechanism for all the traumatic things that happen as a society. Mm. Um, so our resilience in a way almost works against us. It's like, you can't, because we keep laughing, because we can take so much, mm. it, it doesn't show that I'm at breaking point. Mm. You know, um, we, we, don't, we don't have the luxury of breaking down, um, which is the criticism I have around that era of the 90s, that if something traumatic happens to you as an individual, you'll be diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. And there's stuff that needs to happen to work through that. But we went from the trauma to euphoria. Um, mm -hmm. Perhaps it was necessary. Mm -hmm. We celebrated. We, you know, new flag, new, new everything. You know, let's rebrand the national broadcaster. Let's rebrand the national airline. Let's sing Kumbaya. Let's merge these um, national anthems and call it a day. Yeah. And now that was not that was not real healing. Mm. So yeah, you're right that if you are able to play the game and the game didn't change and I'm, I'm very mindful, I don't want to get into politics right now, right. but if the game doesn't change, then the criteria to play doesn't change. Mm. You know, if the game says you need to speak English well, if the game says you need to have had access to a functional science lab in order to access certain courses, then already you are out of the game. Yes. 
Um, so we always playing a game of eligibility um, and whoever's not eligible is left in the previous round, you know? So when I say I'm doing a PhD now, I don't know what doors it's going to open for me. And we just, we've been programmed to keep learning in the hope that something better will happen. Right. So when, I mean, studies tell us that um, a child's development starts from the, the day of conception. I think it's the first thousand days. So if you're eating badly through your pregnancy, that child is already behind the classmates whose parents were, you know, whose mom was, um, had access to good food, rest, ra 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 things that we don't all have. Uh, but back to... The, so the game players get to set the rules, not only who gets to play, but also what has value. So the fact that you are and you can do this, okay, that's great. We'll call that a hobby, you know? Um, how do we, and th those game players are not looking at it like that. Personally, I always feel like we could be the entertainment capital of the world you know, invest in the infrastructure, mm. we've got the weather, we've got the people, we've got the spirit. Mm. Um, and we can see this in the people that we are exporting that no man, we've got that thing, you know, but we still, we've still been tricked into believing that like the raw gold and the minerals that we export, we need to go there to be polished and recognized by Hollywood and recognized in New York, in London. And it's oh. like, you rock. You know, yeah. whether this is in fashion, this is in athletics, we need to be verified elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, and that's intentional to a degree because just imagine if we had decided, and there's nothing wrong in saying the future is science and mathematics and coding and all of that stuff. But the way the children that you see running around in some of these townships, you are already like 15 years behind your Chinese counterpart. Coding bus, I think, has left you. But that doesn't mean it's over for you. So what are we good at? Um, and this is why I think on social media, I, I'm active on Twitter, not necessarily Facebook and Instagram. This is why there's so much, so much frustration against the, the, the Ministry of Arts and Culture hey. because there's this thing that's burning us. And we're like, yo, man, give us a chance. We can do this. And I'm saying we, mm. not necessarily because I'm one of them, but that's where my energy and resources and interests lie because that's that that evens the playing field in a way you know you don't need to have gotten a university degree to shine at what you are naturally good at instead we want to change i mean our teenagers are into beauty they are into looking fly they are creating content what do we do about that mm. how do we help them to monetize their interests their skills you know um, so creating more Michael houses is not necessarily the answer. Those that qualify and that's where your interests lie, good and well, go there. But dance academies and not for export, but we don't have AMA auditorium where they need mm. to be. Um, here in Johannesburg, Newtown, which used to be such a cultural hub, is pretty much dead. Mm. you know and it's you just wonder so where where are our uneducated or poorly educated young people going to apply their trade mm. um so it's like all these things are connected can you imagine mm. how depressing it must be yeah by the way wake up. 
mm. and yeah. be worthless or deemed worthless. Yes, it's that thing I was saying. You about know what I mean? You have to be un you to be successful or to be acceptable, to be just human. Because being you doesn't generate anything. That's where the problem lies. Even respect. You know? Yeah, the money. Um, it's also about buying power, unfortunately. No, so money that, is a big part of it. Yeah. You know, and how do we get that money to come to us? I mean, when you look at people like Bumam Esther Mashang, why is there only one? Hey. Like, really now, are you telling me that in this entire South Africa, there's only one woman that knows how to do it on that level? You know? I don't, I don't think that's one cool. black person at a time, you know, <laughs> like Hollywood. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, so just when you look at, just go to our spaces, most of them, our walls are gray, they are white, they are whatever. How did we, why are we not expressing ourselves? Mm. You know, that Ndebele art, that Zulu art, that Kosa art. Why, when you land in essay, you must see, you know, I'm somewhere else now, you know? Absolutely. So I think Nati. And I say that Nati as a collective, we, we've slept on ourselves in a way. Um, you do need to be cheeky to an extent. Mm. You, didn't, you do need to say, you know, the, the, the notion that was for, for us, by us. And there's exciting pop-ups now. We see the, the local techies, you see the Batus, you see the Makosas, you see the, you know. So it's happening, but not enough, man, not enough. Mm-hmm. So we're still going to have some hectic conversations around the economy, mm. the structure, who the key players are, who the gatekeepers are, what the requirements for participation are. And as Tina, who are gaining some access to that world, and I'll say some because there are levels that we've not even seen. You know, mm. I don't know what happens in wine farms, private, what, what, you know, I've never, I'm, I'm not even exposed to that level. So, we are cool by the standards of where we come from, but by the standards of what's actually out there, we are all paupers. And I mean, we know so-called middle class, we're like one paycheck away from being broke, you know? Right. I'm not paid next month, it's over. The bond won't be paid, things will be repossessed. Mm. That's not cool. Mm. But in an extent, with the little access that we've been given, I feel like we are also then, we buy into it, so if people are protesting, for example, we are part of the people that are calling on those radio stations. Oh no, they've left the road to the, to the airport. How are we gonna get to work, you know? Without thinking that these people are saying, well, if I can't get to the airport, no one's going to the airport. You know, if I, and that's unfair. Mm, mm. That's unfair. That's how we judge. You say, no, 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 you can't, you gotta let this five be cool. And then it will trickle down to, the 80 of you. So just, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's what we're realizing that this trickle down effect, who's monitoring it, you know? Absolutely. Um, I just want to clarify you know? Sure. Yeah. No, when I was thinking about the Michael House, um, you know, when I was in high school, I was quiet, even though I can't sing. And we'd go to these different schools. There was one called Wartburg High School. This was an, uh, uh, a German school. Mm. My, my cousins went there. They, they studied germ, German. And they can speak German. And it's all, all German culture. So there was a point in my life where I wanted to build a Zulu Michael house. 
where you learn Zulu culture, but it says good. You can learn the language in the language. Yeah. Then I realized, oh no, who will use the language anyway? You know, it's, it's not in part of the mainstream. This Zulu is not part of the mainstream, like French and stuff. But how, how is, is Zulu not part of the mainstream? Exactly. How? You want to say how? You know, when you look at Ukozi FM, which broadcasts mm -hmm. in Zulu, Ukozi is the second in terms of numbers in the world, I think second to a Chinese station, just in terms of the millions of people that tune into it. But because of their buying power, which is considered not as strong, you'll find that it's cheaper to buy a slot there than on one of the other urban commercial stations. Um, such a thing, I'm telling you. You understand? So it goes back to that thing, Yoguti, your language. I mean, the mere fact that we even having this conversation in English, you know, it's just because we're trying to be, we're trying to get this content to be seen by people that have access to things that can help us. And those people are speaking English. Really? Um, it's very sad, man. You know, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Rumor on Sprat, okay, Sprouting, but we talk, you know. I mean, if there's going to be a meeting, oh, there's going to be five people that speak only French. Who's autonomous translator? There'll be those things as Fabio, you know, but who does that for us? And with the, with the rate of unemployment, can you imagine just how much more confident the youth would be if you'd walk in there? They say you've got the option, you know, uh, we make it a running joke in, on social media about English bundles. Today, I mustn't deplete my English bundles, oh, you know? <laughs> we sit in these meetings sometimes and you want to express yourself and then it's like, you know, and then you say it and then you sound stupid and you sound unorganized, but then there was a translation that had to happen and it doesn't come, come out right. Mm -hmm. So, and that's us in our working spaces in how we write for academia. How much more when you don't even have that right. and you walk into this room and there's this panel and everything is in English, you know? So there's there's a lot that we still need to work through. I don't know if we'll be able to do it because Tina, we are now caught up in this system, but I would hope that we dismantle some of these for the sake of our children and their children, you know? Yeah. Um, oh. That people like Credo Mutua just disappeared like they are nothing. Hey, hey, yeah. You understand? Yeah. Whose job is it to honor those people? Is it the ministries? How do we honor ourselves? Yeah, shouldn't be. You understand? And that's, it seeps into our individual lives. How do I honor myself? But where, where do I get the space to honor myself? You know, yeah. uh, things that should be normal become a privilege. Um, rest and relaxation. I mean, the people that have to walk in the dark to work from 4 a.m. Mm. What kind of parents will they be? If you leave home at 4 a.m. and you come home at 8 p.m., yeah. who's parenting your children? Yeah. You understand? So yeah. it's yeah. it's deeper, man. And it's sad. It mm. and I'm hoping that through this conversation it will touch. I mean there are people that are doing amazing work. And I think with this new phase in my life and reflecting on the things that I'm reflecting on now, it, it sounds like there's definitely a need to do more, to connect, to empower, mm. to lend 
what we can, whether it's our voices. Um, sometimes we, we interact with people that are less privileged, less articulate than us. But they don't know how to complain. Hey. So that's like one of the few things that you can do. You know, you are in a queue, you are seeing that and because this person is dressed in a certain way, blue collar, this is just a lunch hour, they just stepped into the bank from the construction site. There's some unfair treatment. Mm. Um, there's an opportunity there to say, but hang on, this person was first. Hang on, you know? Just mm -hmm, mm -hmm. kind of, and these are the things that I'm starting to think now because previously it was like, okay, do you study, rise, what, 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 you know? But like you say, it's not sustainable. Yeah. It's not sustainable the way you my corner. So I wish surviving their environment. that we have these conversations, you know? Yeah. And the dignity that's promised in the constitution. We've got a constitution that says we all have the right to dignity. Yeah. Well, I don't know where's the dignity if, you know, my circumstances are such that I've got no privacy, I've got no food, I've got no respect, I've got no job, I've got no hope, you know? Mm. It's not just figures. It's not like 23 or what, what percent of the population lives beyond this or this. These are actual people. And that's one of the things that I've got a gripe with, with the media is how we keep setting the agenda. And I do wish ground up, you know, I think top down is not working. Um, Absolutely. And sometimes we sit in these boardrooms and you think we've got the answers. But I think if we listened more, you know, take the resources and be like, here's the kitty that I've got. What do you want? What plans do you have? Because if you parachute down with solutions, it's not going to work. And I'm saying that with all humility and I'm part of the problem, you know, sitting in those offices, speaking yeah. this English, thinking you can devise strategies. It, it, it's not like that. And that's where the active citizenry comes in. I don't know if we are organized yeah. as people. We're having this conversation one-on-one -on -one and we agree on certain things. So how do we consolidate what we're saying? You know, when we saw the women watching, marching to union buildings or those petitions, are we facilitating those kind of things amongst ourselves? Um, we have know. solutions. The youth have the solutions, you know? Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm loving everything you're saying. That's why I'm just letting you um, go. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to cut everything so I'll have like a hundred snippets <laughs> of some of the things you're saying that are just okay. precious, precious. So feel free. I'm saying that the humility now, that's the, 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 um, an, an example of the humility is, is me saying we must treat women like this, but I'm going to ask women, you know, mm. same exact thing. Like, let, let's go down to the people that we, 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 we 100%. academics have solutions for because we've studied mm. that backgrounds. But now with my little bit of, of knowledge, let me ask you what you want. Maybe so, don't tap, you know, I mean, in sociology, we learned about people building a tap for, for the community. But now the woman is to go to the river, first of all, have me time away from the men and the, and the children and then get together and gossip and, and, and have social time with other sure. women. But now we got a tap. Now, now she walks up five minutes and, and is back home. She's mm. lost that two hours of doing laundry by the river, you know? So what's yeah. the development, you know? Um, listen, as a, as a woman, what challenges do you face? You know, the, the beauty of this question is because I'm talking to people at different levels of, of society, sure. different careers. I just want to know what, what challenges do you, do you feel you face as a woman in general? 
South Africa, the world? I mean, our safety. Um, that's the main one. The idea, well, let me not say that's the main one, but that's the first thing that came to my mind because that's the one thing that ties all the women of South Africa together. You know, we'll, we'll still get into now a woman in this space or women of this color or women of this belief. But one thing we all have in common is that you can be taken out at any point. Um, am I next? It's, it's, it's shocking, you know? Um, so let's say I'm jogging in the morning. Well, I don't jog, but let's say I was jogging in the morning. <laughs> um, sometimes you, you come across a man and you'd rather go right, even if you had intended to walk straight. So maybe just a consciousness of that. And I don't know, and this is just one, one of the challenges. I just mean to our physical beings. Right. Um, do you, when you see me approach, do you, do you cross the street? Um, which is what my husband says he does. You just cross the street to give the woman a sense of have the pavement, you know? How, right? Yeah. Um, how do you indicate you know, that I'm women. harmless? <laughs> hmm? Especially white women, <laughs> like you say. Well, I mean, all women, sure, you know, but... Us, you know? And what you said earlier about the roles that we occupy from a young age up until we are older, um, I know that the challenges that you face also depends on where you live, who you live with, what you have, what you don't have. So I won't be so arrogant as to say I'm speaking for all women, I'm going to bring it to me personally, mm -hmm. um, as a worker, as a student, as a wife, as a mother, as a cousin, as an aunt, as uh, a friend. What I realize that is a challenge sometimes is not necessarily balancing them all, but giving of yourself, um, giving of yourself physically, giving of your time, giving of your advice, giving of your service, giving of your resources, and not to say we don't want to, mm. but sometimes you just wish the, the world came with a pause button. Right. So I love what you said about that walk down to the river to have me time. Mm. Um, and that applies for, I think, most women that I know, especially our peers, with what we now call, call adulting, you know? Yeah. Um, and realizing that the minute you open your eyes, there's already like to-do lists. There's already, you know, there are all these demands uh, and what we need to do. And some we impose upon ourselves. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, what ends up happening with all these demands is the, the easiest person to let down is yourself. So if you wanted to change your routine, you wanted to start your day with some wusa, you wanted to walk. Um, there's, there's a competing demand, whether it's the baby or it's the boss or it's this or it's that. So it's easier to let mm -hmm. yourself go. Um, it's easier to put your needs last. Yeah. So it's always beautiful when you are surrounded by people that understand that and just carry some of the load. Uh, if you can't carry some of the load, then just pause on some of the demands or the requests. Mm -hmm. uh, but we used to this, you know, we used to this. And it was very interesting, this Women's Day and Women's Month that we just come from, that 
for the first time you get women that says, I don't want to be involved. I want to be an egg. It was beautiful. I don't want to be told that I'm strong. I want to be weak, mm. you know, because that strength is intrinsic, you know, yeah. um, but it shouldn't be a shield that you wear every day. You don't need to be a superwoman every day. You don't need to save people every day. Um, and not to say that you can't, but can, can, can that only come out when it needs to, you know, yeah. just absolutely the spaces increase the space between the need to deliver so that's a challenge i find I love that you know? because as a man i can fight i can fight physically literally now but i haven't mm -hmm. done it since 2009 you know i don't i don't have to fight all the time now as a woman it's like you're doing this the whole time <laughs> the whole time you know just if you're not doing this which is fighting it's also doing this propping up oh a lot of propping up a yeah. lot of supporting a lot of and we do it to other women too. Mm, um, of course, of course. So, you know. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, and I, I'll echo what your, one of your, do you call them the guests or one of the women that you've spoken to before, what Uluazi said about exhaustion, mm, you know? Mm. Um, there's a lot of exhaustion that we, we are calling and it's very interesting because it's now it's a generation thing there's our grannies who did these things without thinking and blinking mm. you wake up you are busy from sunrise to sunset that's yeah. how you show your worth as a as a woman you know you're doing this you've got this and then you've got our moms who kind of were just like i got balanced about this but mm. we'll do it anyway and then mm. they'll have those kitchen parties and stock fells and space to exhale and mm. then Musa and come back and do it. And then you get our generation who's just like, I don't know about this, hey? Mm. And so it makes it difficult to our mothers and our grannies, they understand our challenges, but because they didn't live in societies that respected that, they also maybe see it as a sign of weakness, Uti, Uti, but we just got on with it. And you're like, but I don't want to get on with it. Mm. Do you understand? So yeah. the next generation, our daughters are going to be something else because mm. they're now born of mothers that are questioning a few things. You know, mm. we may not be winning that battle, but we are at least questioning it. We've got the language to call it, um, which is a start. Hey, you remind me of one of the frustrations with, with, with my marriage. I'm not going to get personal, but basically... I was trying to be that husband. I'd be like, I've got the kids. You can have a drive. You can do something. I washed, I changed diapers. I would stay up at night. When the, when the babies are born, I'd stay up until 3 a.m. I'd say I'm available till 3. So if you want to sleep at 11, I'm, I'm with the boy. We're talking. We're having a conversation with oh. one month old. <laughs> and we're watching TV or whatever. Well, I watch internet. But it was trying to be the ultimate guy. And, and part of my woman love. 365 message has been going on forever. So I would show these things on social media. I'm hanging out with the kid. Oh. A lot of women love, you know? And the woman just couldn't get it. It was like, I'd be like, sometimes, you know, you have this abusive man in your head <laughs> that, that talks to you things I don't say. You don't have to go. You don't have to do the stuff. It'd be nice if I've been driving for an hour to get home to a meal, guaranteed, you know, not when you feel like it, but okay, fine. You don't have to, I'm not gonna force you. Now, some of the stuff, stuff felt unfair to a point where it affected my health, but I was trying to be the most accommodating guy ever. Like, 
let's have a routine, let's do this, but basically have freedom to be you, you know, uh, as much as possible. I will help with everything. So I'm trying to work out what happened in terms of you saying those gestures were not appreciated or they were misunderstood or yeah, what? It was, it was it, you, you lose respect, your, your respectability as a man. So, so the person will revo- resort to man roles, number one. Number two, the, is that feeling that, um, it's hard to, 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 to actually say this because it doesn't sound right, but some people look for struggle. They, 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 they want to be part of the, the complaining woman. It's like they feel left out when the women are yeah. complaining and they want to yeah. say, I'm doing all this by myself. I'm like, you don't have to. You really don't have to. I'm like, I grew up without sisters. I, I, I'm, let's take turns, you know? Um, but, but there's just a complaining spirit there. And you just can't win with some people, you know? It just felt like that. Like, it's, it's all the women in my life look outside looking in were praising me. But then, then you get this for that now. Like you're trying to impress everybody, but it's like, yo, I'm stuck. I can't work. I can't do anything. I might as well spread my message, you know, mm. for the men out there to see. But it's like I'm losing respect from everybody now, because what, are, why, what are you? Why are you doing laundry? Why are you doing this? And it's like, <laughs> I'm trying because I'm sensitive to this. My mother doesn't seem like she had a nice life in my eyes. She, she just mm. had to raise us. And I didn't see her go out with friends. Fortunately, when I think back now, she did go on dates and come back late at night with Uncle So and So, Malum Malum but you know. Sure. Never remarried. She didn't. She didn't have. I don't remember having a birthday party or mm. you know, drinks with friends. She was just. It was just her and us. Um. So I'm I'm sensitive to that. That's part of my things. Like I'm a wounded healer. I was. I I saw the domestic, the the, the male to female violence in her sure. life. I, I saw her anger towards me. It's like she turned on me because um, I was the one running to the police station with her and, and things like that. And then, then she was the one beating me up. So it was like, okay, uh, a betrayal, first of all. But as you mm. grow, you become sensitive. What made us so angry? You know? Sure. So in dealing with this divorce, I've been so sensitive to say, okay, let me take this punishment and be nice because mm-hmm. maybe my kids will get the punishment as well, even though it's unfair. But my point is that how did it fail? Because I was the most accommodating guy ever. Mm-hmm. How, is, how is even the divorce becoming so ugly because I'm the most accommodating guy ever? I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, take, take the stuff you didn't buy. It's, you'll be with the kids, fine. I'm not gonna fight you for the kids. Um, it's like when you're an accommodating man, there's no reward for it. This has been all my relationships. I'm a I'm an easy guy. Like there's a girl that like clubbing a lot, and I was just like, "Go, it's fine. Get turned on by men and take it out of me. You know, <laughs> I'll get the benefits of you having fun." And then one day after we'd broken up, what happened? She couldn't tell me what happened, except the, the time when her sister was causing hell. You remember that her sister was going wild. Uh, even though she agreed we can date, she was my friend, and then she just started going public with with our, our relationship. And I, the one time I went public, everyone just was like, "Whoa, what are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm giving her own medicine." The girlfriend didn't like that, but then the other thing she mentioned was, "You never took me clubbing." I'm like, "Are you serious? <laughs> are you kidding me?" So you were meant to go with her. I was meant to go with of her. Let her. These okay. are the things we miss as guys sometimes, where you think I'm the ultimate guy. I'm not jealous. Ooh. 
I'm not mm. jealous. I'm easy. I don't care if guys hug you. That guy kisses you on the neck, though. I don't like that. I don't want to call while you're sleeping next to me at 3 a.m. when you're spending the weekend with me. Why is a guy calling you at 3 a.m. and you're actually having a conversation with him? I don't like that. I'm not mm. stupid. But sure. I'm an easy dude. I'm really am an easy dude, man. And, and it's not working out for me. So what's going on? Comes back to the point you're talking about, about the mothers as well. The women as well have these... Um, conditioning where it makes you prejudice against the woman or, or against the man is soft now it's like hey two women or three women said i should have smacked my, my wife i'm like hey, you know one woman used um the concept of the, the movie um is it beloved where, where, what movie is oprah in the color purple, the color purple yeah. some guy took her eye out or something and she told her husband that if you had slapped me just once i wouldn't have such a big mouth a woman told me this, I'm like, no, man, you know? So mm. I was disturbed by that. So I'm saying sometimes the woman can oh. some of this stuff because they're like, okay, here's a role, here's a role. Mm. And yet you're dealing with professional women now, women who also work. So we, my mm. solution has always been, let's be roommates. If me and you were renting a flat together, we same gender, different gender, we're renting a flat together, two bedroom, you got yours, but we've got a kitchen. We've got a common kitchen. Someone turns the lights on at night, draws the curtains, you know, responsibilities sure. that are neutral. Sure. Yes, the woman bears the child, but when the child is born, we can both feed the child. I mean, if it's not breastfeeding, you can, when the child is one, you know, and, and they're eating, or if it's milk in a bottle, we can both do that. Let's negotiate these responsibilities and then things work out. And you just find with some people you can't because they, they, they revert back to A. Just go get the is money. It I'm, I'm wondering as you speaking um, that some of some of the things, some of these expectations, we've linked them to our identities, perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, when you are a Magoti, like I'm a new, I'm two years married now. And I remember when I went to visit the I don't want to say in-laws, but when we went to my husband's side of the family for the December holidays and spent some time there. Um, so Ukutala and all that work, and Ayanda Buroto deals with it in her book, Unbecoming to Become, this whole idea of what it means to be a good magot. So mm. some of these things we, we say jokingly, Godiza. you know, Yes, and the honor that comes in working yourself to the bone or the, you know, like as if you've done some warrior thing by cooking a whole cow alone, you know, and they make you like, oh, you are the girl, you know, yeah. and my, my mom-in-law is so chilled and so open-minded and so easygoing. And of course, I mentioned her first because that's usually the one, Ozokfaga you know, in line, if, if she wanted it differently, it would be differently. Same with my pop, same with everyone else. And I found that the December I spent there was less intense than at my own home, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, this is awesome, you know? Mm. And I mean, not to say I got there and did nothing, but it would literally be like, go nap. And you're like, nap, um, you know? <laughs> and then I came... <laughs> Right. But fortunately, I wasn't tied to the idea of while you sleep, I'm going to do like a magic wand and you find the house sparkling, you know, mm. they quickly got those ideas out of my head. 
But what I'm saying is when I came back from that holiday, and I call it a holiday, um, one of my own aunts um, asked me, so how was it? You know, it's the first time you've gone there. And I said, it was amazing. You know, I rested, I read books, we took naps. And her first instinct was shock to say, as almost as if I've fallen into a trap. She's like, oh no, oh no, oh no, don't tell me you got there, did nothing. I'm like, it's not that I did nothing, but so our very own are just saying that. So what were you then if you were not a perfect Magodi then? Mm. Um, and I want to then bring it back to what you are sharing. Um, it's something we call, I call anyway, when I started thinking about these things, your, and it's linked to maybe the idea of love languages. And I think it's, it's yeah. in that space, but something like a chief output. And so chief outputs are things that I like to do, you know? So I may not want to clean, but maybe I want to bake. I may not want to bake, but maybe I'll organize your cupboards or, you know? So there, it's important that we go into relationships and these spaces knowing what we are good at and what we can give off freely and happily and endlessly if need be. But now the problem arises when your chief output is not linked to what the person wants, you know? Uh, so let's take the love languages that you could be a gift buyer, but you are buying a gift for someone who actually appreciates acts of service, right? Like, yeah, 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 I see the new car, but there are dishes in the sink, you know? Uh, or vice versa, you know, you could be, and it sounds like that's your love language. You, you do acts of service, you, you give words, you know? I love words. So some people can do all these grand gestures, wash the babies for you, but talk to me, you know, say, so some want to be seen, you know, so based on where I'm coming from and my experiences, I love being seen by the person that I'm in an intimate relationship with, because for so long, and some of it was my own doing, where you've put up these walls and you are not seen, so it's like, you see me, you see me, mm -hmm. you know, and that creates a bond that maybe would, is way deeper than what would have actually happened if you had gone and bought me a designer bag, you mm -hmm. know, so yeah. it sounds like those are the conversations that you need to kind of have early on. Um, and of course, we do Honestly. falsify sometimes when we start relationships. Right. But okay. let's say it didn't start from that point. You know, you look at the person that you're with and they say, I don't want you to stay up at three with the kids. Mm. I want you to do something else. And how sometimes we're too polite to tell the truth. So these are the things that we are learning to articulate. Or and now with, I mean, now we are we are new age wives. We've got words. We know about triggers. We know about toxic. We know about this. We know about this. You know. Mm -hmm. um, well, don't. It's, it's deep, man. Don't refuse counseling. Then I mean, I've tried everything you can try, including let's do together. Let's do you do I do. I went and done and I was being made fun of. But okay, that's that's close that topic. <laughs> but it is it's it's yeah, it's challenging. Uh, we need to be honest and 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 like you said, articulate our, mm. our real desires. There's, there's no need to be scared anymore. It's a freer society. And that's if you know your real desires. I mean, there's nothing more frustrating than being in a space where 
you are, you know, sometimes, I don't know, like sometimes you go visit and you don't want them to fuss over you mm. and then they do. Mm. And then there's that thing that you're feeling now. It's like, oh no, because of me, they've brought out the good China. So the very gestures that they were doing to make you feel at home, they make you feel so uneasy that you can't wait to get out of there. You know, mm. what's up with that? So I'm just imagining something similar happening in a relationship space. What makes us feel overwhelmed? Or maybe you're not used to love and it gives, it makes you want to flee, you know? Um, oh, so was... yeah, um, I think... You can't paint all women with the same brush. Oh, no, and not at all. Not at all. You understand? So, and of course, you start to learn what you attract. Like, I have a, this sounds disrespectful. I say I've been, I've been with so many women, I get stunt doubles. I've got like, I have friends of one type, right? It's like, wow, they could all be sisters. Then I have um, me, where I have maybe four types. It's like, it starts to get familiar. Uh, so you know to avoid something and but but the, the bottom line is that you, you um I, I've dealt with uh great women and I try and apply the same level of respect. I feel accountable to all of you. You know, everything I've done, if if Sans, as much as I haven't talked to her, would hear about it in my head, she'd be proud. And my mother, everybody, so it's, it's all these different women. Um, so it's a standard of of communication articulation i mean poetry urban activism society was part of that we we had women as a young as young men we had, we had sure. women with power around us with voices mm -hmm. with freedom with autonomy so we trained ourselves i'm still trying to revamp uh or create versions of, of poetry and urban act activism society wherever i go mm. so there's that there, there, there's that but um i just want to ask um what do you think men can do better? That's one of the questions I ask <laughs> in general for women. And I'll base it again on my own experiences. Um, so I can't say what men can do better in general. I can think about the men that I work with. Mm. Um, it, it's just for me, and maybe I'm basing this on what I need right now. It's just gives me, give me space give me platforms, give me treats, you know? Uh, so it depends on the relationship. So we will sit in meetings where, for example, the chair is a man and you, you've all got your hands up and then your hand was before a man's hand and then he recognizes a man before you. Some will jump into that spot and then some will say, no chair, her, her hand was up first, wow. you know? It's like, oh, okay, that's cool. You know, that's, we appreciate that. Um, what men can do differently? Um, they can also just heal themselves. Mm. Um, because it will be one less thing to worry about. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, I was reading, there was one, someone did a study on autobiographies in another African context. In fact, they were comparing some that were produced by women in West Africa, East Africa, South Africa. And they were just saying that what struck them was how South African women, and this was politicians, South African women politicians, we make so many excuses for our men. Mm. Um, we excuse neglect, we excuse abuse, we excuse 
so many things in the name of I understand your struggle, you know, but for me to have to understand your struggle means again, I have to put myself a bit at the back and understand you that oh that was a trigger or that was a you know so if our men were more active in their own healing it would take some of the load off you know mm. healing introspection and knowing your own triggers you know um we'll say oh men are angry no men are not angry not necessarily there's mm. there's hurt there's things that we need to work through um and we are new as a society, black society, into normalizing the notion of therapy. You know, we must go sit across a stranger and and talk about how he was raised, how he was abused, how he was disrespected, you know? And those things accumulate. Um, that's what I'm also learning, that there's pretty much nothing that we can run away from. You can remove yourself physically from a situation, but whatever the impact of that positive or negative, it remains. Amazing. So there's a lot of, you need to excavate like a construction site. So you see this man, he's big, he's strong, he's got bright lights, like a tall skyscraper, only to find that there's something very wrong in the foundations. Mm -hmm. And if their identity and sense of achievement and worth is linked into that structure, it Absolutely. takes a very special man to to be open to say okay let's let's go to those roots you know mm. and this culture that there are certain things that or certain processes behind the scenes that men get together and then present themselves to women so it takes an amazing man to to let you in a back door and show you of what I'm made of instead of feeling the pressure to give me a ready-made man, you know? Right, yeah. Let's both go into the workshop and be like, how's about you loosen this string? Because then, you know, it will have this effect. So um, hey, vulnerability, um, and it's a difficult thing because we all have passed, we've all been, you know, that trust. It takes a lot to be vulnerable and open and honest. It's power, um, it's a superpower. It's one of my superpowers. And I get I get I get stopped every day. There's a woman, usually women. Um, I guess guys get embarrassed, but people try and stop me all the time. Some people will tell my mother, I know mm. what I'm doing. Like, like I'm, I put myself, I got myself in a position where I was the coolest guy I know. I can get all the pretty women. I'm gangster. I got I, nobody can touch me. I'm powerful and fearless. I've, I've, you know, I've talked to Taumbe, he asked him a question. I talked to Mahoba when the universities were getting together. Like my confidence is right there, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So to me, it was like, my contribution can be to show men certain things don't kill. So I have this thing where I do in public what I think everybody should do in private. A lot of stuff, I, I know it's embarrassing. Like, don't, don't say that, don't say that. But I'm like, now I've been saying I cry every few months because of my kids. I've been saying, um, you see how I do my relationship. That's why I give people nicknames because I'll talk about what my experience in that situation was. It was hurtful and painful and I didn't get violent. So, so a lot of it was how to be anti-violent, um, anti-violence, resist the violence when a woman does this to you. So I might do a book where with all the disappointing relationships or things women did to me, but it's mm. definitely private, but in pri I'm showing you that I did it and I'm still me. 
I'm doing it and I'll still be fine. I'll talk about an embarrassing breakup or something and I'll still have a beautiful woman after that. Like nothing will stop if you do the shit. Just don't, don't be out there like me, but me as a service, it's gonna be flawed. It's gonna be imperfect. I'm gonna sometimes need to apologize, but shit, if I can stop somebody from killing a woman for doing this thing. And that's been part of what I think I've brought on, on myself. Like, like, you know, I, I told somebody someday a, a, a man will say, when they, when they say, okay, Brian, talk to him, he's violent or he's done this. He'll say, I was when they mean, <laughs> you don't know what she did. I was got the team. You don't know, like life is making me. Now you see that, sorry, just to butt in there. Yeah. Oh, you don't know what she did. You don't know what to say, what she said. And I wish we would, we would question and pause right there. So mm. what does that mean? So that's what I meant by there's things that are deeper. Ongen saw. Yeah. She, she didn't, she, you know, whatever. Mm. She left my food there. What does that mean? Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because mm. then we start to get deeper and understand mm. the things that yeah. we, that make us angry, that trigger us, you know? She threatened to leave me. Okay, so what does that mean? Mm. Means you understand? Means yeah, now she was leaving for her own reasons. Mm. But the rejection that you felt triggered something. Mm. When she didn't want you, um, you know, what did that say? And again, I'll tie it back to what Ulazi said. That's the feeling that you need to deal with. That's the healing that men need to... It's almost like for people that are supposed to be so strong, they're also quite volatile. Mm. You know, you can't be ready. Someone does something to you on the road. Like it's time for road rage, you know? What is yeah. that? Yeah. What, 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 what's there? That's weakness. What's there, you know? Just like, and this is why I love my husband, like be calm, you know? <laughs> a calm man, a calm man, you know? And yeah. it doesn't mean it's a walk over, but like mm. just less less quick to react Absolutely. you know um less quick to react and not to say women are perfect but whew, i mean it doesn't help that south african men are mostly what's the word uh what's that thing when you're cheating you know oh, promiscuous. that's denying yeah promiscuous that's denying yourself the opportunity to create a safe space with one woman oh, yeah. you know Oh, yeah. um, if you've got four girlfriends, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't quite work. It doesn't quite work like that. It's like too many cooks spoil the broth. You yeah, know, when yeah. we're starting a new thing, we're starting a new thing. So you can't, when you're out of my sight, someone is adding cumin and then hey, hey, someone else decides to go add a herb. You know, now it was confuser, but we're not ready for that conversation. So yes, that's another thing that men can do better. They need oh, to. That's been very tough for me because I used to feel sometimes when I get in an argument with a woman, in a, in a, in a, when I, I need something and I can't get it, I feel like that's maybe, okay, let's say like, um, let's say I want attention. Okay. I would feel like maybe she'd be happier if I just went and got attention elsewhere and then I didn't demand so much. So sometimes you'd be made to feel demanding, you understand, as a man, right? And you and you start to feel like the guys 
my friends who are who cheat and whatever, then they don't have these kinds of problems. So maybe that's what that's why I always break up with people. <laughs> like, but 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 so are you saying it's like not putting your eggs in one basket kind of approach? Is that no, it's because I'm against it. I've never I've never two timed, you know. It wasn't financially sure. practical, it wasn't emotionally practical. Women cry about it mm. R and B songs, you know they don't like it. <laughs> so I don't do it. But as as in, in, as as a man in the minority who doesn't do it, who doesn't cheat, there are things I've always not got in the relationships. As much as I give the woman freedom and, and whatever they may require. So it's it is to start to feel like it's um you know, I'm giving too much attention, I'm giving too much, I have too many demands, but it's what I need, you know? So obviously I'm in the wrong relationship, but there were times I'd question, like, you know what, the other guy would get in this argument, he'd just be like, cool, and he'd be back a few hours later, or we'd call in a few days after being with someone else, and it's like, she'll happy because, hey, my man doesn't stress me. And I also felt like other women previously would have had men like that, and now here you are, trying to be devoted, trying to figure out how to coexist 24-7. When, when do we get our spaces apart? When do we, and the woman's not working with that. She's, she's more tired of you, you know? So it's like, hmm, you know? That guy that she said she cheated with, she actually was happy. So maybe that's what she wanted. If she didn't know you was cheating, maybe that's what she wanted. You know, to mess with me. what complicates this? conversation for me is realizing personally that over the years even what you need in a relationship has shifted with time mm. you know mm. so <sighs> there are relationships you can look back on now and realize that at that particular point there was a particular demon that i wasn't willing to deal with mm. so i needed someone who who wasn't, who couldn't see much. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So for example, let's say you're hiding something or you're not dealing with something or you just push something away. Um, there are men who will probe. By, by that very probing, they, they think that they are helping. But at that particular point, you yourself are not ready to have that conversation. So at that particular point, you just need the guy who's buying the drinks and the he he's and you know. I love that, yes. Exactly, and then when you evolve, so this is why self, self, self-knowledge is very important. This is why we write a lot. Um, and this is why I know where I am now because I've got documentation of where I've been at different spaces, you know. My um, said that actually. Before I got married, my psychologist said, you write, you've been writing, even if you weren't writing about yourself, writing songs, whatever, you know yourself more than everybody else knows themselves. So you're dealing with people who don't know themselves like you do. And you can challenges in life. So, I mean, there's a quote, I, I can't say it verbatim, but that people will only meet you as deeply as they know themselves. They meet themselves. So mm. a shallow person, our you know, and I mean shallow, very loosely, but mm -hmm. there's a deep dive that you need to do with yourself. And then you'll know, this relationship is not working because I'm not getting what I want, or this relationship is not working because what I'm getting is not what I want. This relationship is not working because they are asking something of me that I'm unable to deliver right now. Mm. You know, there's also that. So it's not just a need, it's also what you are capable of giving. And um, 
so if you get into a relationship and you tell a person look right now i've got nothing to give i mean i'm between what then and the future <laughs> i'm figuring myself out that. how that person needs to decide do they want to be with someone in that space or do they want someone who's still at the early stages so they can influence you or do they want a complete product like accessing atume issues go sort yourself out and come back when they're done you know mm. um uh-huh. i must say though that i'm finding so much fulfillment in marriage because there's that whew, okay now we're doing this mm. um there are levels, you know, uh, and I didn't even realize it, but I realize it now that there was a bit of a handbrake. So in the, all the previous relationships that I've been in, there's a part of me that has always been for me. There are struggles that are for me to work through. I wasn't an open book, mm. you know, um, but, and maybe because you don't know, you know, now you feel it's a safer space. It's almost like you are a ship and you're passing other ships and then you get to a point where you drop your anchor you're like okay here i'm gonna stay Mm. you know and then you're willing to do the work because there is work that needs to be done and sometimes it's hard to do that work when you know it feels like i we're still auditioning or Mm. it's it's complicated man but yeah it's a lot makes sense yeah it makes sense right yeah it does Mm. oh i'd love to talk to you again i'm not getting enough (laughs) But uh, I I don't even know how long we've been chatting, but you yeah. know what you're doing is is awesome. Thank you. Um, thank you. and you're making us think and yeah. have these conversations. I mean, what powers was about, and what we need more of is a society uh, to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, to it's have these conversations about expectations. What do you expect? Why do you mm-hmm. expect that of me? Or yeah. why do I expect that of you? And then you come to realize, oh no, that's not a genuine expectations it's because i saw my dad do it Mm. and then in my head i came to believe that that's what all men need to do or you want it because your mom did it and she's like your north star and then we need to give ourselves you know without judgment because it goes back to those identity related tasks so Mm. you're like okay if he doesn't feel petrol in my car like my Mm. you know and I mean, some, that's something that simple. He doesn't wash my car or he's not fixing the roof or he doesn't, it doesn't mean that he doesn't love me, but that's just not how he expresses or that's not, you know, I don't know if we are divmanti, Nina. I do, I do. I mean, it's that love language thing, mm-hmm. but it's also um, what do you want versus what society, you know, I, I, I was watching Jada Pinker talk about movies, media and music. In whatever order that's oh, yeah. that, that that's what some of our dreams are, are, are built on are influenced by but what do we really want you know we, we, we take want... that jada pinkett example how many south african men do you know who would have bounced back from that entanglement situation hey no, i love will smith yeah <laughs> what and say you had an entanglement the you understand thing, what I mean? Hey, hey, because we, we as men, it's, it's not even about the fact that she did it. It's more so about who knows. <laughs> it's the fact that that knows where your birthmark is, you know? That's my thing, really. Because <laughs> it's not right? about, you know, you can do it better than me. It's not even about that. That's less, but that thing. So yeah, Noel Smith is power. Like, he's, he's a hero of mine, definitely. And like you say, there are probably some who think he's a fool. 
mm-hmm. like oh man you i had respect for you but you are such a fool you know yeah. um yet Jay-Z, how many women you know there's a guy who said don't nah, put Hillary Clinton. Baningi, women who've just had to kind of take it on the chin and keep it moving so yeah. it's very interesting to be here where things are shifting, you know? Um, so it's, it's interesting where we're going. I mean, we get women that say, I want him tall, I want him handsome, I want him with a good job, I want him, you know? And now men are saying, okay, but what are you bringing to the table? That's new. I thought I just had to be cute and I had to cook and clean. And now men are just like, so where do you work? What, <laughs> what attributes, you know? So... Mm. interesting times you know yeah interesting times huh. i don't know how i got there but yeah that is let's wrap this up sure. <laughs> this is beautiful i uh i just want to acknowledge you for being really one one of the great greats in my life you know there are all the people you look up to and then you have people you actually meet in life you're one of the first um just free conversations i think being from johannesburg uh, you know, coming to Marisburg, you say that's where you were free. I think that's part of it because I know that basically the reason Johannesburg people seem to have less values, morals, is because they are away from home. They are free and they do whatever they want. Mm. So then you get the real of them, the realness. They're not hiding from mommy, no auntie to tell them if they see them having a date or smoking a joint. They're free. So I think that's why you contributed to me. You are away from your home in a foreign sure. place. And you really, that, that's one of the reasons. I mean, whatever your reasons were, I'm adding. Mm-hmm. I'm one of the reasons you came to Marisburg and you really did a lot for me. And I mean, you're one of the people that tortured me to be a better man, you know, uh, because... I'm sorry. With, with, no, I like to call it torture because it's, it's when you meet an open-minded, free, powerful woman who doesn't need you, um, then you've got to step up and say, well, wh- why does she want me in her life? Let me look at myself. You understand, and that's important. And 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 you began it. It happened with Bianca. It happened with a few other women. Um, Zanele. It happened with these women that were just like, bruh. And I think it's better that with women who're not dating because now it's your friend, and it's not we're gonna break up. <laughs> it's like shit. So maybe be someone of quality for this quality person. Mm. Now now you're forced to really do it. So it's also important to have friends because it's like, bruh. And then if I meet Can I tell you something funny? Can uh-huh. I tell you something funny? While you just said that about French. You remember when I went and I came back with the biggest crush on someone? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah. In retrospect, it wasn't necessarily a crush on that person, but I was projecting. They were where I wanted to be. They exuded what I couldn't at the time see for myself. Mm. Does that make sense? And I clung on to that because previously I'd been a failure. I didn't know whether I'm coming or going. And then all those things that I was attracted to. So you are right. There are people that just kind of make you think, hmm, the material, you know, <laughs> what did it take to be made of this? You know, and sometimes we mistake it for love and we think you're in love, Ganti. You are actually on your own journey. And this person is just like, pushing you, you know, mm-hmm. um, you is possible. So, yeah, you know, so I, I amused myself because I totally thought I was in love with this person yeah. and that's what was happening. And now I'm there. I'm just like, mm. Mm, I'm all right. 
I'm all right, you know, yeah. finally. But I just, yeah. there was some validation and being seen or hoping to be loved by someone that you hold to a high standard, I thought would pour into me, but it didn't absolve me from having to do the work. The work, yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I just hope that you continue to do the work that you do. Mm -hmm. And I want to preach the gospel of selfishness to women. Mm. Um, so we always think of it as such a ugly thing, but it's not a bad thing to be selfish. Mm. You can't pour from an empty cup and we should be honest enough to say those things to say, you know, so you'll, you'll get someone who'll appreciate you. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think there's someone for everybody. You know, yeah. that's what I've learned. I've been told I'm complicated. I've been told I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. But when you find your match, it doesn't even feel like you're making an effort. Mm. You know, it's easy to give, it's easy to compromise, it's easy to apologize. It's easy, you know. But when, mm. and that energy we speak about, the energy doesn't lie, man. Does not. Sometimes we are forced. Yeah. You force it will blow your flames. Yeah. So yeah. that whole notion of oh my god, butterflies. I'm scared of butterflies. <laughs> Love is where they are not, man. Love is just water flowing, you know. So we also need to relearn what we think love means Absolutely. in a romantic sense, you know, mm. what attraction means. Um, I remember when I started dating my husband and he would call me and I wouldn't feel these things that you'd felt with some of the bad boys when you see his name on the screen. And I was just mm -hmm. like, I was a bit scared. I was like, what does this mean? You know, but at the same time, we gave it time and our dating was actually harder than where we are now because we're trying to make this thing work. Um, so yeah, it, it does, it does work. And I know that he's got exes who probably wouldn't believe that he's in a settled happy relationship because they thought he was difficult so beautiful. yeah in zulu but in umakondana yeah it's beautiful I'm umakondana, so you know yeah. where you don't have to spend your life translating or explaining they just get you and that's what i i hope for you you know yeah because you're going to be exhausted you're going to be bitter you're going to be you know Mm. And you've got all this love that you want to pour out onto someone who's not afraid of receiving love, mm. who's not um, going to be shaken by all these women that you connected with or you speak to. Um, and that's something real. It's not a lot of women that would just let you go off into the sunset and have all these interviews and reflect on past loves. It's like, hey, boy, what is happening? You know, yeah. if you come into, if you, if you bump into someone and that becomes an issue, then I would hope you'd be able to say, what does it mean? You know, what does it mean to you? Why, why does it unsettle you? Yeah. And then you'll be. But I won't budge. <laughs> hmm? I won't budge. Even writing this book, I was trying to force my wife to like, listen, it's what I do. She's even on the cover of my second book, my book of poetry, because I'm sure. like, it's what I do. And then she pretended she's okay. I mean, she'd complain to my mother. But but um, listen, one of the things you did for me on your 21st, you get up there and you say, I want to thank all my boys. You know what you do for me, you know? These are the things you do for me. And I'm just like, I don't know how that feels, <laughs> you know? And now I sure. do. I say my homegirls, my, my ladies, my queens, you know, and it's not people I'm having salacious relationships with, but it's you got sure. to keep in mind, man. We need women, we need each other to make this country work. You know, mm. it cannot be that science cannot do a business deal with 
Brian because now she's married. Now she must, mm. instead of being a billionaire, she must just have a hundred thousand rands to her name because she's married. Mm. Isn't she loyal to her husband when she's pursuing her interests, her goals with a team that is three women, seven men, you know, seven men, three women. Sure. But and that that's us having to work on our insecurities as well. I mean, you've been in relationships where the idea of his female friends makes you uneasy, mm. not because there's anything wrong with that relationship, but when you look at it in retrospect, it's because, you know, things were not 100% within you. Mm. And I acknowledge that now, you know, mm. um, you'll be talking innocently to say, oh my gosh, my friend is so amazing. She's so dynamic. But because I don't feel that, I'm already just like, Ish. you want to understand. <laughs> so it's almost like you're seeing her and lavishing praise on her and how dope she is as a whatever she can be. It's almost like utate from me. Mm. And that's not how it works. And I've had to learn that, that it didn't, he didn't take that praise and it's not your praise. Yeah. We have our own vibe. So that's also a thing, you know? Yeah. And that's why I'm raising it to you because now you've got like, you know? And we are possessive sometimes, you know? And it's not about being possessive. It's about feeling like you are my safe space. And we're jealous of that. Because love is also a resource. You know, this understanding, this helpfulness is a resource. He's my husband. He's comforting me, not you. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That's petty, but you also need to own up to when you're being petty. I mastered it. I mastered that thing because I, I don't hang out mm. with you. I can't stand. I told you long ago, I don't hang out with girls. I'm not going to go. I love having the odd coffee once a year, twice a year, but we don't hang out. I don't go clubbing. I'm not in the, in the women's lives, all of them, because I knew at some point I'm going to have a spouse. So I made a room. Mm. Even my mom was removed. I started doing less and less for my mother so that the wife has all the space, all this room to move, you know. But yeah, mm. I mean, life goes on. <laughs> I think it would be interesting going forward if you even brought on some female psychologists. Um, I actually want to talk to mine. She's a bit funny, but I actually want to talk to mine and say... No, I don't think you can talk to yours. Do this discussion. <laughs> no, was... no, you can't talk to yours. You can't <laughs> use the space and talk to your psychologist. You need okay. a random one who doesn't know you like that, you know, uh-uh. just to kind of speak on some of these dynamics. Okay. No, for real, because mm-hmm. things could go very left if you bring yours. Yeah. Because <laughs> generally, and then you think it's a sub at you and you, you know, so no. just yeah. very hypothetical. Yeah. But I really appreciate this opportunity and to reconnect and the real talk. Mm. These conversations never end. No, they don't. Um, you know, and I look forward to the rest of the people that you will speak to and learning from all of them. Um, I think even Nazim, is it Nazim or Nazim? Nazim. Uh-huh. You know, and the journey that she's gone through with the different courses that she's studied and the different avenues that she's explored, you know, and that desire that she that she feels, you know, I could relate to that mm-hmm. uh, because I feel it too to say, okay, I'm, I'm turning 40, but what am I supposed to be? You know, mm-hmm. I still don't know what I'm supposed to be. You but are, you know, we keep moving. Awesome. You are what you are. You know, you've always been. So don't be playing with us. <laughs> You'll just be whatever you are next I time. I want to be your professor, your, your child's favorite professor. I think that's where it's going. Mm-hmm. That's a long-termish goal. Mm-hmm. So there's like the next 15 years, God, that, God willing, I still need to figure out. But the end goal. 
is to come back and work with our children in that space. And you know, I was in academia for two years previously, and they need us there. Yeah. We need more of us in that in those spaces. You know, we need to we need to hold our children's hands. We need to protect them in those spaces. That's the one thing I'm guilty about. Make them feel like they belong. So mm. more of us do need to go back to those spaces, whether it's teaching or lecturing or just mm. general mentorship, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. So I can't wait for that, mm. you know, when I feel like I've come full circle and I've achieved the things that I want to achieve um, and giving back. So bam. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Brian.coza. Take good care. Gabonga. Will do. Love Thank you forever. You Take good care. Ready in the recording, the recording, the recording, the recording. So I just leave now. All right. Uh, I'm just going to stop the recording. Sure. Well, I'm sure you'll have cut it before then. <laughs>